0: Come back to the waiver wire episode of the Redshirts Fantasy Football Podcast. We are now in dire straits, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you made it to your fantasy playoffs. It's time to go win that trophy. Bets, how how are your seasons going? You you gonna be chasing some trophies this year?
1: Oh, I absolutely am. I'm not gonna lie, though, I was a little bit worried after the performance of the majority of my fantasy football teams yesterday. What a weird week, man. I mean, the big guys, some of them came to play and, you know, other ones really let you down. So hopefully you didn't, uh, miss out on the playoffs just because one or two bad performances, which there were a ton of this past week
0: and lots of injuries too. So that kind of opens the doorway to some of these waiver grabs we're going to talk about this week. So we'll go ahead and break them down for you. As usual, we're going to start from the top, the quarterback position. Um, as far as like Intriguing guys. At this point in the season, you mostly have figured out who the quarterbacks are, and you kind of play the matchups and roll with it. But I think it's important that we talk about Josh Allen in the fact that he's a running back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who would he's, have thought you'd ever say that?
0: <laughs> he this last game he had 135 rushing yards, and in the last two he had 234 combined rushing yards. Uh, his next two contests are against the Jets and the Lions. Um, it's 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 kind of you know leaning towards could he be a potential starter in in the, the kind of like the mold of what we expected Lamar Jackson to be? How, how do you feel about him going forward?
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you touched on it there. The rushing is huge and it's actually propelled him to be a quarterback one each of the last two weeks, which I don't think anyone really predicted ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a guy who you need that to happen in order for him to be successful. It hasn't been great through the year this year. So if those rushing numbers don't come, you know, it definitely ruins your week for me. I, I'm more comfortable playing him in super flex format if he's my second quarterback. I don't think I can trust myself actually starting him though if it's a one quarterback league at this point in the season. I mean playoffs are next week. So are you really gonna roll into playoffs with Josh Allen as your starting quarterback? Uh, not
0: me. probably not. Yeah. And look, we we talked about Josh Allen a bit, you know, in the off season leading into this year, and I, I'm just not a fan of him as a quarterback. Obviously he's an he's an athlete. I mean he can run the ball, he's very athletic. But he has only surpassed 58% passing, or excuse me, 59% once all season. And he's played now nine games, so uh, or excuse me, eight games. But yeah, it, it, he's just too much of a risk in terms of interceptions. I play in a couple leagues that are minus four interception, six-point touchdown ones, so it's a little bit more uh, you're chasing the efficient quarterback, so to speak. So I'm a little hesitant to play Josh Allen, but that rushing floor is it's something to consider.
1: Yeah, maybe uh, maybe more of a DFS type play. Yeah, uh, rather than a season long playoff, you know, week type of play.
0: Yeah, keep an eye on him. I mean, next year, if he has a whole offseason to work on his issues, I'll give him a chance, maybe. But uh, that's a long ways away. So we'll focus on this week. And for this week, I think you should pick up and play Jameis Winston. Oh man, I mean, what is it about this Bucks offense? It's uh, Ted monkey Is that is that his name? Uh, the, I believe so. Yeah, the offensive coordinator there—he's just making it rain with passes, man. Uh, I—I'm pretty sure his team had like a thousand more air yards than the second most team, uh, this season. So it's just incredible between Winston and Fitz Magic. It's just been pass, pass, pass down the field all, all day long, and he—he he did pretty good last week.
1: Yeah, two plus weeks with over twenty fantasy points for Jameis Winston. Um, he's a QB one man. He's—he's he's looked good actually these past two weeks uh if I, my memory serves me correctly no turnovers either the last two weeks which has always been an issue for for winston so he's been great and that you know aspect and the thing that i like most about him is this week he gets to new orleans which is absolutely going to be a shootout uh, against a buxty who i know picked you know cam newton off a few times last weekend but there's no way that they do that to drew Brees. uh this is going to be a shootout and i absolutely want to start james winston in my playoffs
0: yeah, uh, no turnovers, 631 yards, four touchdowns passing, uh, and, and and some yards on the ground, too. He's had uh, 72 rushing yards over the last two weeks combined, so a little something there to to add some some flair, but uh, he's currently, uh, let's see, he's currently 57% owned. I think that should be up in the ballpark of like 70, 70 to 80. I mean, he should be played in probably 12-team leagues, uh, no sweat, so... If he's out there, you could probably get him pretty cheap if he made it through last week without getting scooped up. And, uh, yeah, I'd spend uh, probably, uh, you know, like two bucks just to make sure I'm not having some bottom bidder uh, steal him from me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. And I think just to put this in perspective for people, Kent, would you play Tom Brady or Jameis Winston next week?
0: Oh, who do, who do the Patriots play? That's a good question. Probably Winston, though, honestly.
1: Yeah, so they play the Dolphins next week on the road. I mean, it's not a scary matchup by any means, but Tom Brady just hasn't been what you drafted him to be and what he's been through his entire career. They're winning games, and it's working, but for fantasy, it's just, you know, hasn't been great.
0: Yeah, they're uh, riding the back of their all-star running back. um, What's his first name even? Uh, Devlin. James Devlin? James (laughs) Devlin, yeah. I I don't even know his first name. He's so obscure, (laughs) and he got two touchdowns against the Vikings, and I'm very angry, but...
1: Yeah, anyway. for those of you who aren't aware, James Devlin is their fullback, and he yeah. took goal line touchdowns away from Sonny Michelle not once but twice,
0: and, and and James White too. I mean, even you know White has the yeah. opportunity to catch passes in, in the red zone, so. But anyway, speaking about running backs, let's go ahead and swing over to the running backs. we got a few names to talk about this week. Uh, Up first is Jeff Wilson, Jr. No, that's not your accountant. That's a guy in the NFL that you need to pick up uh, because Matt Breida is not going to play this week. And Jeff Wilson took over this last week and had 15 rushes for 61 yards, but also eight receptions for 73 yards on nine targets. He put together a pretty good day in the wake of Breida, who – it actually tweaked his ankle during pregame warmups. And once again, we didn't know until much later in the day, and it was frustrating. I started him in in a couple spots. But uh, what do you think about Wilson for one week and maybe more?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it's possible that it's more. Uh, there is a reporter for the Niners named Joe Fan who tweeted out recently that this ankle injury is the same ankle that has been plaguing Breda all year, uh, but it's a different type of ankle ankle sprain, so he's been dealing with the high ankle sprain. This is more of that lateral ankle sprain, which can any, be anywhere from a week to a month. I mean, we really don't know the severity here, but given the, the track record and the fact that it's a loss season for the Niners, you have to wonder: Do they turn to Wilson as their workhorse down the stretch and just see what they have uh, in this guy who you know is coming out of nowhere? So, absolutely, he should be a top ad this week mostly because of the fact that I do believe he is going to be the workhorse next week. They've already come out and said Breda will not play in Week 14.
0: Yeah, so at least for one week, if you're truly desperate, let's say you um, you know have like Breda or Melvin Gordon or uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, there's several big names that have kind of gone out of commission here recently. So if you truly are desperation running back to play, uh, spend whatever fab you have left, get Wilson and uh, survive one more week because any, any given Sunday... Uh, you could still win on that, so I'd go out and get him. Jeff Wilson, by the way, a guy out of North Texas. Uh, he was just in this most recent draft class, I believe, so um, someone to keep an eye on. He, he He's kind of obscure, but still he looked pretty good this last week. Moving on, let's talk about uh Kenneth Dixon, who got activated and pretty much used right away for the Ravens. Now, granted, it was in combination with Gus Edwards, who I think we can agree at this point, if he's uh, for some reason on your waiver wire to spend all your money on him, would you agree with that?
1: Oh, 100%. Past two weeks, uh, or three weeks, I should say, more than 20 carries. So he is absolutely getting a ton of work. And you might think it sounds shocking, but he's actually only owned in 73% of leagues. So there's a quarter of leagues out there that he's still out there. Definitely go pick him up
0: yeah just you got to be aware of this stuff because sometimes those names that you know if especially with if you're playing uh with a bunch of more like casual NFL fans they're only going to know the big names so even though they see the the fantasy points they won't but who is Gus Edwards I don't know that name so just be aware of that and go go take a look just in case you haven't yet and uh spend all your money on him but Kenneth Dixon an intriguing kind of you know, depth pick. But at this point in the season, going into the playoffs, depth isn't as important, but handcuffs are. So, you know, what was Gus Edwards' injury leading into this week that he was kind of limited? Yeah, he's
1: dealing with an ankle sprain. He was questionable heading into Sunday, but then, you know, of course, played uh, and actually... It's good that you brought that up, because he did limp off the sidelines towards the end of the game. Hmm. There wasn't really anything reported in terms of him suffering a new injury or anything like that, but yeah, he's obviously not 100%, and so if there is any aggravation of that ankle, just like with Breda, um, I do believe Dixon will be the next man up, which, Kent, I know makes you very happy.
0: Oh, God. I, I tried to quit him. I did. I, j- I tried, <laughs> but I just man. can't. I can't quit you, Dixon. It's a great first name you have, too but uh do you have any like interest? A regular guy named <laughs> a regular kenneth. guy named kenneth no, <laughs> that's more like an 80 year old guy name let's be honest um <laughs> do you have any interest in Ty Montgomery in his backfield
1: you know I really didn't but this past week I mean you have to be intrigued by the fact that he got seven targets which you know if you're playing in a PPR format you got five for for 42 uh this week through the air so Certainly it's, you know, an intriguing play and he, I think he's a guy who gets you double digit points in PPR formats. But to be honest, I do believe that's more of a uh desperation type of play because you know, there's no teams on by anymore. That's over, it's playoffs. I, I can't imagine myself starting Ty Montgomery. More as a speculative ad as a free agent, I think, if this Edwards ankle injury turns out to be, you know, more than just a, a small aggravation.
0: Yeah, I can agree with that. Um I can't really imagine any situation where I would want to start him if he's an ancillary piece yet. And I don't know if I want to really grab him as a, a handcuff. I, I don't know. He, he'd be like a, if I have Kenneth Dixon in a deep league and I want to back him up. I don't know. I can't even think of a good time to, to add him. But he's he's worth keeping an eye on, I suppose, with those targets.
1: Yeah, I think it's more of a monitor situation than, yeah, you know, yeah. spend fab and get him.
0: I can agree with that. Uh, let's talk about Justin Jackson kind of uh, looked pretty good this last week. Uh, Melvin Gordon obviously was out with that MCL injury. Do you want to touch on that real quick, maybe?
1: Yeah, there's actually been a report that you know he's not rolled out for this week quite yet, which um, I feel like is rather obvious. I mean that grade two MCL injury carries a two to four week timeline. and you know, we've seen other guys, for example, OJ Howard just miss one game and come back the second week. So you know people that were assuming he wouldn't be back until the fantasy championships of week 16 um i think we're assuming the worst so he, he definitely has a chance uh i will say if he's out there this week you'll, you'll start him because he's Melvin gordon but uh i would expect him to play with a brace and i would expect him to be not quite 100 percent. so we'll have to see kind of how he does in practice this week but if gordon is not active this week i really am intrigued by justin jackson because of what i saw on sunday night football
0: yeah i mean he is intriguing he's a seventh round running back but uh, the the latest argument all over Twitter is running backs don't matter and all that and I think we can kind of see that even though he was drafted in the seventh round he's in an offense that's capable of providing uh, good run blocking good offensive uh, opportunity they they'll be in the red zone quite a bit uh, Philip Rivers has looked really stellar uh, over the last you know five six weeks and there's the opportunity if you're in a good offense I'll take the starting esque running back any day of the week and I know Austin Eck will eh, eh, Austin Eckler is still there. And he just doesn't really he's a good second piece, but he'll never be a lead running back just by size standards. So uh, I'm fine with taking a a dice roll on Justin Jackson here for the remainder of the season as a touchdown uh machine kind of opportunity. So that's yeah, where I'm absolutely. at.
1: Absolutely. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you watched the Sunday Nick game, and you know, in the first half, Austin Eckler did absolutely nothing on the ground. Justin Jackson yeah. came in the second half when they made the comeback, and he, you know, I believe really provided some spark and energy to that offense which helped them come back and beat the Steelers um to to your point here where you're talking about how Eckler is probably not ever going to be an every down type of player because of his size you know 13 rushes for 21 yards so I absolutely agree with that statement um and like you said personally if I have to pick between, between the two at this point now I do want Justin Jackson because I think that he is a better shot for every down work than Eckler
0: yeah, and uh, Justin Jackson actually shockingly within five hundredths uh, of a second uh, compared to Nick Chubb, Darius Geis, and Rashad Penny. So he's got some straight line speed, and I think we, we saw a little bit of that, of that on display this last week. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the Pittsburgh Steelers and talk about how Mr. James Conner got injured. He had, he had a pretty good fantasy day, but uh, near the end of it there he kind of got rolled up on a little bit and maybe you want to touch on this because there's some conflicting reports about his leg injury and I'm curious what your take is on this
1: yeah so he was being tackled from behind and got his right ankle kind of trapped underneath the defender who was falling on top of him and kind of caused his ankle to rotate to the right and kind of out to the side um, which is typically the mechanism for a high ankle sprain now after the game head coach Mike Tomlin was coming out and saying that this is more of a lower leg contusion was his quote um, and that's not actually incorrect, but it also doesn't mean that it's not a high ankle sprain because when you have those type of injuries, uh, the bones can you know get bruised, which is what a contusion is, um, and the ligament can, can get stressed. So we truthfully don't really know, you know anatomically what's actually going on with the bones, ligaments, all that kind of stuff. But um, Ian Rappaport is saying that from his sources, he's hearing it's not a serious injury. So at this point, it's going to be a wait and see approach for what Connor does in practice this week. I would not be surprised to see him miss one game, but I do expect him back for at least a portion of the fantasy playoffs.
0: Yeah, I can kind of agree with that. And uh, Jalen Samuels, he came out uh, and was used a little bit in the passing game. And then Steven Ridley was also used kind of in the running game. I feel like, you know, we talked about how the the Steelers like to just go with one running back. We kind of saw that, uh, you know, last year or years prior when we had uh, D'Angelo Williams, right? Uh, would take the place of Le'Veon Bell, and is kind of just a one-for-one replacement. But in this case, we're down to now the third string, so to speak. I know Bell hasn't played this year, but Samuels is a rookie. Steven Ridley is a journeyman running back. I think they'd probably split work a little bit more than we're used to seeing. So uh, I I kind of am intrigued by both of them. And for some reason, we have to talk about this, Jalen Samuels has tight end eligibility on Yahoo Sports, (laughs) uh, Fantasy Sports right now. So... If you can get like a a decently producing running back in the tight end position, snag him.
1: Yeah, that is incredible. Uh, And actually, that's because, well, I should say that's probably one of the reasons, because he played almost every position at North Carolina State, which is where he went to school. So he was kind of a gadget, hybrid type of player who was in the backfield, lined up on the end of the line as a tight end in the slot, those kind of things. So he can definitely catch the ball. And if I'm deciding between these two backs for this week, with Steven Ridley and Jalen Samuels, I do prefer Samuels because I think that this offense just says, okay, you know what? Connor's not here. We can't really run the ball effectively. I'm just going to let Ben basically run through the air and dump it off to Samuels. So I I like him for that reason.
0: Yeah, actually this offseason when I did a mock draft um, as a GM of the Vikings, I I drafted him somewhere in the middle rounds uh, and I listed his position as offensive weapon because that's what he is. (laughs) He's all over the field. He's a good blocker. Uh, He's a little short in stature, which is why he he obviously isn't going to be a traditional titan in the NFL, but he's kind of like a glorified, um, like a H back, the the old school style. So um, he he's definitely intriguing and fun to watch. So I I feel like now we have to just say this, kind of like a you know, just in case someone missed out last week of all the news with Kareem Hunt At Spencer Ware, hundred percent a fab. Adam, do it, do it right now.
1: Yeah. It, i mean there's no scenario where you don't spend all of your fab to get spencer where uh he is owned in the vast majority of leagues i think yahoo it's 88 so yeah. it's not a ton of leagues but hey there's a chance he's out there and if he is you absolutely need to go at it
0: just a service announcement i mean yeah i, I picked him up, oh my god i scooped him up for free in my league last week he led me into a playoff winning uh victory or excuse me a playoff birth winning victory and uh I picked him up, and about two minutes later, I got a text from my friend, and he was so mad that I snagged him. But uh, <laughs> yeah, super yeah, excited about what
1: I just dropped everything I was doing, went on my apps, and, and made try sure Adam in every league I could, and I got like four or five different shares. So one of I the am nice definitely excited.
0: One of the nice perks of having an office job is I can just jump on ESPN real quick and uh, get dudes. But anyway. Uh, Yeah, go get Spencer Ware. And then up last on the running back sheet, we have a running back. I'm going to let Betts take this one over because he likes him a lot more than I do.
1: Oh, gosh. I feel so smitten and excited that Rashad Penny is back on this list, uh, which is due to my love for him. Uh, But in all seriousness, he's on here because Chris Carson suffered an injury on Sunday. He dislocated a finger, uh, which caused him to leave early in – The fourth quarter, he didn't come back. He got x-rays on it. Those were negative. Um, So at this point, you know, the dislocated finger probably won't really limit him a ton. We've talked about some various finger injuries throughout the year. Uh, And for this one, you know, all I have to do is buddy tape it. So, you know, you tape your two fingers together, like I'm sure all of us has done at some point. And it probably won't really affect his ball security a ton. So I think this is more a situation to monitor. I don't expect Carson to miss. But if for some reason he does, you know, Rashad Penny will be uh, easily a startable running back as an RB2. fantasy for week 14
0: yeah just in time for Mike Davis to uh steal all the carries (laughs) once again I don't know it's hard for me to trust I mean I when when Carson is starting I start him and beyond that I'm super scared um for anyone else and the Seahawks this year are just confusingly good uh I don't really get it. It, it it might just be all Russell Wilson and but the run game has been spectacular pretty much any running back that they put in there has been producing so if Rashad Penny gets touches, uh, let's say Carson is not active, I I can get behind the start. Who actually who are the Seahawks playing this week? Do we do we have that? They already? actually
1: have the they actually have the Vikings. So I don't oh think yeah, it's a that's great right. Game on the ground, but I will say you know passing catching passes. Excuse me, out of the backfield, which we saw the Patriots just do yesterday with James White very effectively. I think could be the route that they go uh, here with Russell Wilson.
0: Sure okay well let's move over to the wide receivers up first let's talk about uh mr okada quiz time champion uh adam humphreys who did it again seven receptions 61 yards and a touchdown on nine targets uh deshaun jackson was inactive for this game and so uh humphreys had a good week godwin had a good week evans got kind of injured actually what was the injury for evans this week
1: uh, to be honest, I didn't see it. I saw him on the ground and he got evaluated very quickly, left for a few plays and came right back in. So there I was going to say, really I thought he played. about it.
0: Well, I'll pull that up real What's quick. Tell, tell me how you feel about Humphreys going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I wasn't really on Humphreys a ton. I mean, I, I of course know him and I know his skill set, but when we had that pod last week where Okada just dropped all this knowledge on us about how amazing Adam Humphreys has been these past few weeks, I am absolutely intrigued. I think he's... You know, borderline wide receiver three, wide receiver two play. Moving forward, we already talked about the matchup, and he'll get to go against the Saints slot cornerback, who I believe his name is PJ Williams. Yeah. Uh, mm. he, he has been awful this year. So I absolutely do like uh, Adam Humphreys this week. And a preview, I might steal some of the stats and just make him my start of
0: the week. Ooh. By the way, I looked up Mike Evans doesn't have anything notable on Roto World listed. So I don't think that injury was serious at all. Just kind of got. You know, hit hit a little bit and uh, jump back in. So I think he's gonna be fine. Uh, so but Humphrey's role I think is locked in, seeing as how Godwin kind of replaces the just the Deshaun Jackson role uh, more so. So yeah, Humphrey's. I'd, I'd probably spend at this point in the season t- 10 percent, ten bucks somewhere in that range.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on you know your options and what you've got going on. Um... If you've lost A.J. Green, which we're going to talk about here, oh, so uh, sad. he definitely is a top ad. I think, this week at the wide receiver position.
0: Yeah, I would agree. So, you know, let's just, while we're talking about it, let's talk about A.J. Green. He obviously re-injured his toe. I believe it's the same toe. I, I can't imagine it was anything else. But I saw the play. He, he went to take a step out on a route. I mean, it was literally like his first step, and then he just pulled up on his leg and instantly like sat down uh that he's te- that toe is done for
1: yes it absolutely is it was his right foot like you talked about the same toe you know he's lined up in his, his stance which you know when those wide receivers lined up they've got one foot in front of the other so it was his back foot and when the ball snapped he went to push off of that right foot which is when that toe gets hyperextended, which really stresses the joint of your big toe and the ligaments that stabilize it so Uh, that's the mechanism of injury, and that's how you aggravate it. But the thing is, you just really don't ever know how it's going to respond until you're out on the field. So for those of you that started A.J. Green, I don't blame you. I started it myself because you never know until you try it. And unfortunately, that's the way it's shaken out. Um, And he is actually going to undergo uh, season-ending surgery. So he is done for the year. He faces about a four-month recovery timeline. Uh, So he should be back fine for next year at the start of training camp.
0: Yeah, big bummer. I started A.G. Green this week. I was kind of thinking he'd be ready to go. We talked about that on the pod. I expected him to be charged and ready to win, but and he was, but then he, he hurt his toe, and he's done, so that's a shame. Uh, do you think that Tyler Boyd, John Ross, um, any other ancillary pieces of this passing attack are worth picking up, playing, anything like that?
1: I feel like you have to keep rolling with Tyler Boyd because of the volume, but to be honest with you, I don't feel great about it. I mean, we saw when Green was out just recently um, how that offense struggled, and that was with Andy Dalton. So now that it's Jeff Driscoll under center, you know, no A.J. Green, Uh I don't really want to start Boyd, but to be honest with you, I don't know that you have a better option. Uh So I feel like you have to as a wide receiver two, wide receiver
0: three. Um, This week they're playing the Chargers, so definitely don't play any – um of your Bengals receivers or anything pretty much. Uh, But, you know, in week 15, they have Oakland. and week 16, they have Cleveland. So those are two prime matchups. I feel like Boyd uh, could still be decent there. And I think John Ross, who had three touchdowns, uh, one each in each game that A.G. Green was not playing, uh, I think John Ross would be a decent flex touchdown upside kind of play in uh, those later weeks. So I think they're both worth rostering at this point.
1: Yeah. And the thing with, with John Ross is you talked about it. It's that touchdown. I think he was on the the sheet for us two weeks ago, I believe. And we were saying, you know, he only caught seven balls in the past three weeks or something like that. And, you know, two of them or three of them were touchdowns. So if you don't get the touchdown, you know, your week's ruined by that pretty much. So for me, I don't know, man, I've always been a John Ross hater. (laughs) I feel like (laughs) I would not be playing him in any circumstance.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it's rough. Uh, It's deep league stuff, though. I have I have him rostered already in a, in a couple of leagues. So but those are pretty deep. But anyway, let's go ahead and move on here. Let's talk about Curtis Samuel, who had a big day. You know, he's he's kind of been prone to these kind of boom or bust days. Uh, he had six receptions for 88 yards on 11 targets. Uh, he's been a pretty good piece of this offense recently, but uh, has still had some down weeks. So do, do you feel confident playing Curtis Samuel in the playoffs?
1: I don't know. I, I truly don't feel confident about it because, you know, it's just, it's do or die. I mean, if you lose, you're out. So I don't really want to rely on a guy like that, who you said, and I agree with has been pretty boomer bust. I will say though, most of this production came after Greg Olson went down with his injury, which oh, you know, yeah. we're going to talk about here at the tight end position. Um, so if that's going to be a thing that continues to happen moving forward and Devin Funchess continues to get phased out as a top receiver, in this, in this offense alongside D.J. Moore, sure, I think week 15, week 16 I could play him, but I don't want to start him in week 14 personally.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that either. I mean, they're playing Cleveland, so that's decent, and the rest of their matchups are um, the Saints and then the Falcons, so still two more good matchups. It's tough to trust him, and I feel like this is D.J. Moore's time to shine. He's been pretty great recently, uh, stepping into his role that he was drafted for. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel's a second-round receiver himself he was like a running back receiver kind of mix when he was drafted but uh, he's being used more so as a receiver with a couple of rushes thrown in and I think he's good for the offense but just not good enough for fantasy that's how I see it
1: yeah I think I'm I'm more intrigued about what he could be next year if the team decides to move on from Devin Funches and they roll with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel
0: if if Curtis Samuel wasn't on a team with Christian McCaffrey I would be all about him I think he'd be a great weapon out of the backfield uh, and in the slot and stuff like that. But unfortunately, he's he's on that team, and then they have DJ Moore, so it's just not a good situation for him. But, yeah, that, that schedule's good, so I'll keep an eye on him. Let's talk about Dante Pettis, who had another pretty huge game, five receptions for 129 yards and two touchdowns on seven targets. Uh is this, uh, is, this uh, is Mullins going to be kind of the key to unlocking Dante Pettis this year?
1: It seems that way, man. Back-to-back <laughs> weeks uh, with the touchdown. He's not got three touchdowns over the past two games. Um, I don't know if you can really rely on this type of production because, you know, you just mentioned it. Five receptions, 130 yards. So a lot of it came on one play. I don't know if you saw the long touchdown yep, run. 75 but, yards, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so... I hate to rely on those types of you know, performances, but the thing is is that Marquis Giblin has been away from the team for personal reasons, and Pierre Garçon has continued to be injured. So if he is pretty much the only option alongside George Kittle, yeah, I'm willing to play him uh, as a wide receiver three if I need to. Uh, I will say he does get Denver this week, so not the best matchup, but at the same time, Chris Harris Jr., one of their cornerbacks, just went out with a broken fibula. Oh, so yeah. uh, the defense there, not quite as scary as it normally is.
0: Yeah, and Marquis Goodwin, that whole situation is just really weird. We don't really have any information on why he's away from the team. Uh, we don't know if he's going to play this next week. It's It it definitely hinges on that because I think those two, those two play similar roles. Uh, but Garçon, actually, do you know much about Garçon? Is he, is he kind of projected to play anytime soon?
1: Uh, not that I've seen. He hasn't been practicing a ton in recent weeks. He'll pop up on the injury report week to week and – will play, you know, limited practices, and then doesn't practice, so he's kind of been back and forth, and they haven't really been too vocal about when to expect him back, so uh, unclear at this point.
0: Yeah, hasn't played since week nine. Um, I wouldn't feel too good about starting him if he came back either, and I wouldn't feel great about Pettis uh, if any of those three are all active, so uh yeah, it's kind of wait and see wait and see what happens with garcon and goodwin and then that'll kind of determine what pettis's value is going forward but i think he's worth yeah, a speculative ad maybe upwards of uh four to five percent yeah i like that all right real quick before we get out of here let's talk about some tight ends cameron Bright. he should have had a touchdown actually did he have one no he didn't have a touchdown this week but he should have
1: no he dropped one in the end zone
0: yeah, he's going to be a touchdown machine for the rest of the year. I think we talked about it, uh, you guys taking the over on three and a half or whatever it was uh, for Cameron Brait and catching touchdowns. It's His connection with Winston is unquestioned at this point. And he's 75% owned in Yahoo Leagues, but uh, he's probably out there somewhere. You probably have a league with Greg Olson, and you need a tight end, and Cameron Brayton's available. So go get Cameron Brayton.
1: Simple as that, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, but also related to Craig Olson, maybe we could talk about uh Ian Thomas. Uh, do you, how do you feel about Ian Thomas going forward?
1: Yeah, he's a talented guy. He's kind of flashed here and there when Olson has been out. Um, I think the reason that he's on this list for me, obviously, is because of the injury. But, you know, Cam Newton loves the tight end position. and He uses it in fantasy. We saw this with Ed Dixon last year. So um, certainly I think that if this becomes a thing moving forward – you could throw him in, you know, in the next couple of weeks as a hope for a tight end, which or hope for a touchdown, excuse me, which is what tight end is in fantasy nowadays, which is so sad. Uh, but we just talked about it with Curtis Samuel. You know, we don't really know how this is going to look moving forward. DJ Moore is stepping up. Uh, Funches is still kind of in and out. So um, I'm not comfortable starting him this week, but you just touched on the schedule, the Saints and the Falcons in 15 and 16. So if he is, you know, stepping up those weeks, he could be definitely a serviceable ad.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, tight end is just such a gross position that if you're considering starting Ian Thomas, it's, uh, I've seen arguments about doing away with it and just adding another flex. I don't know if I'm there yet. And I want to believe that more, you know, athletic pass catching tight ends will be coming in the league in in future years because that's kind of the way that college has been going. But Ian Thomas, definitely worth rostering and playing going forward. So that's kind of painting the picture of how gross it is right now.
1: Yeah, it's been absolutely atrocious this past two years.
0: All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for today. Uh, The big names of this episode were probably Spencer Ware, Gus Edwards, Jeff Wilson Jr., all running backs, and then maybe Adam Humphreys is kind of an additional option to go get. So, hey, go get your guys, man. If you have fab, if you have like a good chunk of fab, spend up. Spend up a little. Open that pocketbook. Throw that money on the table. Go get some free agents. Yeah, make it rain. Cause <laughs> Go you get gotta...
1: Jeff Wilson Jr., your local accountant.
0: Look, because here's the thing. Let's say you're in the playoffs. If you don't win this week, you're not going to get to pick up people next week. Or you can, but what's what's the use going to be? you know, you got to pick up those guys now. Play them now or next week or whatever. Make a plan. And, yeah, I mean, that money's got to be put to use. It's no use if you lose and miss out on it. So spend it, baby. Yeah, I like
1: it. I always like to save one or two dollars heading into the last week or two of the season because some people will will spend all of their fab, and then you know something happens where there's an injury or what have you, and championship week comes and you're the only guy left with a dollar. So uh, I like to save one or two dollars, but other than that, I agree. Go spend this money and get some guys that you. Can that's plug a good in your call.
0: Lineup. That's a very good call. All right, well, that's going to wrap up this episode, and uh, we're uh, you can catch us on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod we Will be on there active uh, for the most part. You know, between me, Okada, and Betts, we're all pretty active. So hit us up on there if you have any questions, and uh, we'll be back again on Wednesday for the main episode and more waivers next week. So go out there, go win those playoff games, and uh, earn yourself that championship. Got to do it with those free agents and waiver ads. So thanks for listening. Once again, we are the Red Shirts.